Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Psalms 32. We'll read, there's only 11 verses there. We'll read the entire chapter and go back and look at this. Psalm 32. Again, verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I, keep, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer salah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be not as, uh, as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Back in verse 11 again there, we'll read it one more time. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Be Glad in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, I thank you for the folks who are able to make it out tonight. I pray, Lord, now that you would just speak to hearts. And Lord, I pray you'd be with these. I pray for Jesse's dad right now, Lord, as... Uh, he's uh, there at the hospital, Lord. I pray that you'd touch his body, Lord, to help the doctors to know what is needed there. I pray, Lord, that you would intervene, Lord, that your hand would be upon him, Lord, that you would raise him up. Lord, I pray for Russ and, and Donna, Lord, with, with their, Donna's mom in the, in the shape that she's in, Lord, and possibly passing soon. I pray that you'd be with the family and encourage them and strengthen them, be with them, Lord, through this time. And also Sister Kathy and, and Lord, with her family and her mom. And Lord, we think of Phyllis and others, Lord, that are, are struggling, Lord, and, and Brother, Brother Tolan's dad, Lord, uh, with the health. And Lord, I pray that you just touch them. Brenda also, Lord, being sick and others, Lord, with sicknesses. Lord, you know the great need that there is. And this time of year seems to be more sickness and things of that nature, Lord. And Lord, it doesn't take you by surprise, neither should uh, it take us by surprise. But Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon them and encourage them. Now, Lord, tonight, turn our hearts towards the Word of God. May the Spirit of God move in our lives tonight. And, Lord, call to mind the goodness of God, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. In light of this coming week, just really a week away from tomorrow, we will be in a, here, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving and and I believe that uh, we need to consider some things. I think that Psalm 32, if you look at that, is a, is a good thing, is a good psalm to really to 
to meditate upon and think about at this time when we think about giving thanks unto the Lord. You know, a lot of time we, this time of year, people, they kind of skip over Thanksgiving, but I think Thanksgiving is, is so important that we take the time and give thanks to the Lord. You know, Thanksgiving, it's not about Black Friday. Thanksgiving's not about football. Thanksgiving's not even really about the meal that's on the table. And to be honest with you, it's not really even about the families that gather, the gathering of a family there. If you stop and think about what took place when we had Thanksgiving, uh, the, you might we call the original Thanksgiving with the, uh, as the pilgrims came and they had lost family members. They weren't able to gather with all their family. Many of them were dead. But they had made it through and they sat down and they gave thanks for the harvest that was there and that God had blessed them with and they gave thanks unto the Lord. They didn't have football. They didn't have all the other stuff that a lot of times they didn't have black, they didn't have a Black Friday sale. They wasn't getting ready to go out at midnight or whenever it is. But they gave thanks. And the one that they gave thanks to was the Lord. They gave thanks to the Lord for His great abundance of mercy and goodness, and they was glad in, in the Lord. Well, the psalmist says here, he says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. And I got to think about it. This, this psalm here was written after David had repented of his sin, I believe. You go to Psalms 51, you see David repenting. We'll, we'll probably hit that in a minute, but I believe this was a psalm that David had written afterward as he reflects back on the goodness of God and is glad and rejoices in the Lord. He's rejoicing in what God had done and giving him thanks. If there's one thing that Christians need today, it's to lift up their heads and be glad in the Lord. So many times I find Christians with their heads down and just walking around and thinking that, boy, everything's bad, and it's not bad. And yeah, yeah, well, you're paying a lot more at the store. You're paying a lot more at the gas pump. Yeah, you're, there's a lot more frustration with a lot of things. Yeah, there's crime is up, and yeah, all these things. He said, well, preacher, you're not helping any. But that's when you look down at this level of the world. When you get our heads up and be thankful unto the Lord. He's blessed us. Well, look with me here. Be glad because, first of all, of his salvation. Look at verse 1 and 2. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin, look at that next word, is covered. It's gone. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I'll be honest with you, if you had nothing else to be thankful for and to be glad about, you ought to be glad and rejoice for the great salvation that you have through Jesus Christ and His shed blood at Calvary. Because without that, a person who has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and received Him as their Savior, repented of their sin, asked the Lord to forgive them of their sins and come into their heart and life and save them, that person will die and drop off into a devil's hell forever and ever and ever and ever. And my friend, you stop and think about the fact that when Jesus Christ went to, to Calvary, He took your sins and He took my sins. And He died on that cross. They was nailed to that cross. With him, somebody had to die for sin. Somebody had to pay the price. 
And the only one that could pay that price was Jesus Christ because he had a sinless blood. He was the son of God. He did not have sin. He had never sinned. He never had a wrong thought. He never said a wrong thing. He never engaged in any type of sin. He was a perfect sacrifice for you and I. Precious blood that covered our sin, washed us clean. His... His blood made the difference in our lives. This is speaking of God's great salvation here. And I believe in, in, in verses one and two, if you're saved tonight, you're blessed. Amen. I mean, if you're saved tonight, there's a reason to be glad. There's a reason to rejoice. Yeah, things may not be good going on in the economy and everything, but man, if you're saved, you got something to glorify God about. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. They've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, your righteousness and your goodness is not good enough. My righteousness and my goodness is not good enough. You can try to live a perfect life. You can try to do everything just right. You can be good unto your neighbor, live by the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. You can give money for this cause and that cause. You can, you can help people. You can, you can be what you might call the upstanding citizen and, and do everything just really down to the T that's right. But my friend, you'll still die and drop off into a devil's hell. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, but we are all as an unclean thing. All of our righteousnesses, the best that we can come up with, are as filthy rags. We, do, we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Every one of us, every single one of us, our iniquities. So the Lord covered us or placed upon us the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Look here again, verse 1 and 2. He says, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, otherwise does not place it upon you, does not declare that when you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, no longer does he declare you under the, the penalty of sin, that, that iniquity is not laid to your record. It's covered. No longer does the Lord. You say, well, preacher, does that mean that I'm perfect after I get saved? No, but it's paid for. It's covered. Covered by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Well, if there's a reason to give God thanks, if there's a reason to, to be glad, if there's a reason to rejoice, if there's a reason to sing, if there's a reason to shout, if there's a reason to magnify the Lord, it's because of His great salvation. We sat down this week or this coming week and well, the very first thing that ought to come to our hearts and minds is thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Saving my soul, keeping me from going to the devil's hell. Thank you for covering my sins. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Be glad because of his salvation. Then, then be glad because of his forgiveness. Look at verse 3 through 5. He says, when I kept silence... My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture turned into a drought of summer. Salah. You say, preacher, what does that salah mean? This is a song. And that salah means there's a pause in the music before the next phrase is sung. And then you'll find that through the Psalms. It's a pause. And so he's, he's singing this, really. 
Verse 5, he says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. My iniquity, my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So wow, he's pausing again. He's thinking about it. We need to be glad because of the forgiveness of sin, even after salvation. Every single person in this room, even unto this day, we still struggle with sin. But the Lord said He would forgive us if we would come to Him. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That forgiveness of sin, I, I am so glad. David had harbored sin, the sin of adultery and murder in his life. He had packed that all into his life because he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and then he had her husband basically killed in battle. That sin came home to roost in his life. There was a payment because of it in this life. They lost the baby that she had, and, and, and then there was the, the battle between him and his other son. There was because of the, his sin, but the Lord forgave him of his sin. David turned to the Lord and acknowledged his sin unto the Lord, and the Lord forgave him. I don't know about you, but I think about the forgiveness of God. I don't deserve that forgiveness. Now, maybe you're a whole lot better than me, but I don't think that you're that much better than me. There's not a person in this room that deserves their sins to be forgiven. There's not a person in this room that deserves to get saved to begin with. But yet the Lord forgives and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He cares for us. We find over in Psalm 51 as David is praying in Psalm 51. In verse 1 he says, have mercy upon me. You hear him pouring out his heart here. You hear him calling upon the Lord and asking the Lord forgiveness. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. And boy, I tell you what, we could stop there for a while and preach on that. The loving kindness of God, that's a good thing to rejoice about. That's a good thing to give thanks about. That's a good thing to be glad about. That's a good thing to Lift up the loving kindness of God. Said, according to, to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. He didn't say just forgive me. He said blot them out. Have you ever done a math problem or something on the board at school? You know, used to with the chalk. Now they use the dry erase markers or now they're just everything's electronic. I remember doing some math or whatever on the, on the board, and all of a sudden you, the teacher says, that's not right. And you pick up that eraser, and you go across that answer, and it blots it out. What happened to all that answer? It became dust, and it cannot be put back together again falls in that little tray down there. Some of it's on the eraser. But you can look at that eraser. You can look at that dust in that bottom of that tray and you cannot find that answer again. Your sins were blotted out when you received Christ your Savior. They were blotted out when you asked Him to forgive you your sin after you were saved. They were blotted out. He said, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, he says, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
And he gets real honest here. And this is the, this is the place that every one of us needs to be in our lives. Verse 3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. He said, I admit it. He admitted that he was wrong. He admitted that he had sinned against God. He admitted that he had done that iniquity. He said, my sin is ever before me against thee. He called it sin. He didn't say, I, I, I admit it, Lord. I kind of flubbed. I messed up. No, he said, my sin is ever before me. That sin. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, he says, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Otherwise, getting honest with God. Folks, listen, one of the things that I see today with Christians, they will not get honest with God about their sin. Get honest about things with God. See, I've, he, he, he goes on there and he, and he, he says, uh, he said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Otherwise, he, he's talking about the conviction, the heaviness of the, the sin. Though, boy, you look around today and people are walking under a load of sin. I know of Christians who are walking under a load, and it must be a load of sin many times. The lost world definitely is walking under a, a load of sin, and, and they think that if they can find uh, uh, maybe the drugs or maybe the, the, the relationships or, or maybe this or maybe that or different things, materialism or, or different positions in life, that it will lift the load off. No, my friend, that, that load of sin on a, on a lost person is heavy, and, 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 and it will not be lifted until they receive Christ as their Savior. Well, I remember that day I got saved that night. There was a load lifted. I could tell the difference. He said, hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. He'd sinned. He was still a child of God. He did lose something. It wasn't salvation. It was his joy in the Lord. He said, restore that joy. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Unconfessed sin will, will, cause, will weigh you down, and unconfessed sin will hold you back, and unconfessed sin will rob you of your joy, and unconfessed sin will rob you of the peace, and unconfessed sin will, re, will rob you of the, the enjoyment and the gladness that you have in the Lord. Well, that's why we need to keep a clean slate. When we confess our sins, the Lord will lift us up. We need to be glad and rejoice in His forgiveness. Look at verse 7. Be glad because of His protection. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. 
Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Though Satan goes about to destroy us, there's a hiding place. And Satan cannot get to us in that place. And that's the presence of the Lord. It's under the wings of God, you might say. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 17, 8. says, keep me as the apple of thine eye and hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Psalm 36, 7 says, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. That's the closest you can get to the Lord. Psalm 91, 4, he says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth. Shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. You think about a hen uh, gathering her chicks uh, around her and, and many times she'll flutter. If there's danger, she'll flutter over them and she'll cover those little chicks with her wings, getting them just as close to her as she possibly can. Sitting in a nest, covering those chicks. You ever watched a Kildare? Little Kildare, a little long-legged bird. They'll lay their eggs in the rocks, in the gravel, and they're uh, they're funny to watch. You can start walking and get close to that nest, and many times you can't see those eggs. And that Kildare will start off, and the closer you get, it'll start acting crazy. And even go down and, and drag a wing and, and start going like this here and trying to act like it's hurt and, 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 and dragging that. Try and when, if the, if the, if the nest is over there, it'll go this way and act like it's hurt and dragging the wings and everything like that, like it's hurt and trying to draw you away from that nest. Why? Because when you, and I've turned and went towards that and, uh, uh killed there like that and man, it, it'll drag you, get you a long ways out there and up in the air, it'll go and fly away. Wasn't hurt at all. Why? Protecting those eggs. Some birds will hover over them. We have a mighty God that wants to protect us and He gets close to us, wants us to get close to Him and draws us in close to protect us from Satan and from the things of this world as Satan would attack. Or rejoice because of the protection of a God that cares about every little thing in your life. Not just about getting you to heaven, but about life itself. About the battle that you're in. About the things that's going on. He wants to protect you. You say, well, preacher, this happened, that happened. Well, maybe he was trying to protect you, but maybe you didn't, wouldn't get close to him. We need to be glad because of his protection. Jesus says, he looked out over Jerusalem, Luke chapter 13, 34, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how oft would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. It's up to us to get close to the Lord, and he's made it possible that we might have that protection against the things of this world. We find great protection from Satan in the world as we draw near unto the Lord and get under the shadow of those wings. He said, draw nigh to God and he'd draw nigh to you. 
Why? So he can protect you. He cares for you. Well, I'll tell you what, you stop and think about all the ills of this world and Satan wanting to destroy. Can I tell you every single person, I could call every single person's name in here, and I can say this, Satan wants to destroy you. And he is working daily at his best to try to destroy you, to try to destroy your life, to try to destroy you from being a witness for God to try to destroy you, to keep you from enjoying the things of God, trying to destroy you, to get you away from God. And if you're not saved, trying to destroy you and keep you from getting saved, he will get you so mounted up in the things of this world that there's destroying your life and destruction comes into your life. Why? Because Satan wants to destroy. If it was not for the hand of God, even on the lost, Satan would immediately swoop in and destroy that person. Be glad and rejoice. Give thanks because of his protection. Look at verse 10. Be glad because of his goodness. The psalmist said there in verse 10, he says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. Otherwise, the wicked is going to suffer. They're going through difficulties. Not only here, but in eternity. There's going to be sorrows. He said, But he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. His mercy shall compass us. That mercy is the goodness of God toward us. You got up this morning, that's the goodness of God. You was able to get out here tonight, that's the goodness of God. I just imagine probably everybody in here had something to eat today. That's the goodness of God. There's many things that we could talk about that's the goodness of God. And yet we think that everything just happens, really. I don't think so. It's the goodness of God. God is good to us. And we need to stop and think upon His goodness, the goodness of the Lord. And even this day and every day as the Lord is good unto us and He he cares for us, meeting the needs in our lives, that fellowship with Him, the peace in our hearts that He gives us as a Christian. You say, well, preacher, what about the lost world? The goodness of God doesn't reach to them. Only by salvation can they have the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that He gives them an opportunity to be saved. It's the goodness of God that He came and died in our place that we could be saved. But after we receive Christ our Savior, it's the goodness of God that follows us all the days of our lives. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The goodness of God. I've had people ask me a lot of times, and if I'm halfway thinking right, when they say, well, how's the world treating you? I used to say, not very good, but God sure has been good to me. Amen. How you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. God's been good to me. You say, well, preacher, what about the sick that's saved? He's been good to them. Did a funeral yesterday. Man that known for 
I guess, 25 years now. Was his pastor for 17 years before I came here. Chester Twitchell. And as sad as it was to see and to stand there and to see the family hurting, I told the family, I said, you got to rejoice with Chester. He's in heaven. The goodness of God extends from here all the way to heaven. Where there'll be no more sorrow, where there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more death, there'll be no more struggles. Those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that goodness follows them all the days of their life and for eternity, the goodness of God. Oh, how we need to rejoice, how we need to be glad, how we need to give thanks for the goodness of God. Then in closing, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Look at verse 11. He said, be glad in the Lord. He didn't say just be glad. He didn't say just be happy. He said, be glad in the Lord. And then he adds to it, he says, and rejoice, ye righteous. It's one thing to be glad. It's another thing to rejoice because you're glad about something. He goes on, he says, shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart, and the upright in heart would be those who are following the Lord Jesus Christ and living for Him. He said, be glad, and he said, and rejoice. How? With, with, with praise and, and shouting joy. And who too? The Lord lifting Him up. You know, many times we sit down at Thanksgiving, we say, well, I'm thankful for the family we got, and I think we ought to. I'm thankful for the home we got, and I think we ought to be. I'm thankful for the food that we've got, and I think we ought to be. I'm thankful that we live in America, and I think we ought to be. But my friend, we ought to be thankful and be glad and rejoice and shout with joy, with thanksgiving unto the Lord. While you and I sit in this nice warm building with the lights on, feeling secure. There's Christians around the other side of the world. In Kyiv, other places in, in the Ukraine. They're huddling probably in darkness and very little light. Maybe only had one meal today if they had that. As the bombs are going off around them. And I read letters from, from missionaries that's over there and people are getting saved. Lives are being changed and they are rejoicing in the Lord. They didn't have to have a house. They didn't have to have the heat. They didn't have to have the lights. There's a Jewish missionary that left Israel He's a Jew and he went to Kaive and he preached there and at a coffee shop. And the coffee shop owner was allowing him to tell people about the Lord and witness to them and sharing the gospel with them. And people began to come in and they heard about this Israeli preacher that was there. 
this Jewish preacher. And he would preach and the coffee shop owner, he let them come in and they filled the coffee shop up and word began to get out and people were driving over, a, if they could, or coming as far as 100 miles away to this coffee shop and he was leading them to the Lord. Untold numbers of people have been saved in a bombed out city in a little coffee shop. And they were rejoicing and telling others about the goodness of God. In a war-torn country, I have reasons to be glad. I have reasons to rejoice in the Lord. I have reasons to magnify Him. I have reasons to give thanks unto a mighty and wonderful God because He saved my soul. Because he cares for me in every form and fashion. Oh, how we need to learn to be glad in the Lord and rejoice and lift him up. He's worthy of our praise. In fact, if you drop down to Psalm 33, the first five verses there says this, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and the instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Oh, be glad. Oh, give thanks. Oh, rejoice. In the Lord. Let's bow. Father, I thank you. And Lord, as we looked at this Psalm 32, and we see David rejoicing. We see the gladness of his heart because of the touch of the hand of God in his life. Should we not be likewise? Lord, when we stop and really think and really consider who and what we have in Jesus Christ, let us rejoice. Let us give thanks. Lord, in the days ahead and next week as we celebrate a day we call Thanksgiving, may it be properly done, and that is to give thanks unto you. May we be glad and rejoice. In you. May we be glad and rejoice in the great salvation wherewith you have saved our souls. Now, Lord, for being by here tonight, does know Jesus Christ our Savior. Lord, I pray that they come during this time of invitation. Let's take a Bible and show them how they can come to know this one that we spoke of to be glad about and rejoice in. That they too might be able to do likewise. But Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts, draw us near to you. And we thank you for this, I pray in Jesus' name.